Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Start me talking Or I'll tell everything I know Don't stop me talking I'll spill the things for sure Right before your eyes I blow it all open wide Don't stop me talking Start me talking I'll have it all my way Don't start me talking Cause night will turn to day Stars will run high Strong men weep the die So don't start me talking
3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting from noon through one every Sunday afternoon, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for your company. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and for that matter First Nations people from all over planet Earth and also uh, we acknowledge that all the lands were stolen and never ceded and that reconciliation is very much an ongoing process in which we all play a part. I'm Sally Goldner, I use the pronouns she, her and welcome to listeners of all genders including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to get in touch with the show today, and there could be a reason to do it, um, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215, tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And um, also look for posts on Facebook, my page Sally Goldner AM, and out of the pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And um, remember that any opinions I express on the program are strictly my own, not those of any organisation with which I have been associated past or in the present. You can also snail mail if there's um, something you want to write in detail on, PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Um, We'll give a content note today because there will be discussion of transphobia. Um, That is the reason I have the guests I'm about to introduce on. Um, I've just had an SMS in already, and yes, it is a balmy day in Melbourne today, as our SMSer has said, um, um, and I, I think it's roving reporter, um, um, and um, yes, the Bill Shorten Forms saga mm, sounds a bit familiar, which will sort of, in a way, possibly link in to what our guests need to talk about, because unions can be a very important support of diversity um, in workplaces, um, equal um, discrimination and bullying often overlap, and that's issues of importance to unions. Um, but there's some issues going on in the National Tertiary Education Union, and they include some issues regarding attitudes towards trans people from some individuals. And I have three people on the Zooms with me to talk about that and um, I'll go round the Zooms and introduce. Um, first of all, welcome to uh, Jack, uh, if you just want to say howdy and tell us which pronouns you use, if any, and which land you are on. Hi, Sally. Thanks so much for having us. My name's Jack. Um, I use they, them pronouns uh, and I am coming also from the uh, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Um, stolen and unceded lands, and I'm a uh, non-academic uh, NTEU member from Charles State University. Thank you for declaring that. I'll come back to a declaration for myself in a second after I introduce my next guest. I'll go to Pan. Hi, uh, my name is Pan. I'm really excited to be on the show. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm on Wurundjeri Woiwurrung, Woiwurrung lands um, yeah, in Nile. And my third guest um, is Anastasia. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Um, And hey, Sally. It's so lovely to be uh, connected to you and be on your show. Yeah, my name's Anastasia. I use she, her pronouns. um, And I'm also calling from Wandry Country. Yeah, and I will just make the disclosure that um, whilst I'm overwhelmingly employed as a self-employed diversity consultant, I do one paid lecture a year at a university and therefore technically could be an NTI 
anti-EU member. So there's that small financial interest, but I don't think very huge. Um, the it's, um, There's a lot to discuss here, but let's try to get the overview first. You've been, um, I suppose there's two parts, the overview and then the trans-specific issues. You're concerned about some democratic processes, undemocratic processes or lack of democratic processes in your sort of, to, if I've got your words right, within NTEU and you're wanting to, you're starting a campaign next Saturday to change that. Um, but also there are some trans-specific issues and that we do want to get to the bottom of and, um, well, shine a light under the rock, so to speak. Um, so perhaps if some um Anyone wants to jump in first and talk about the overview issues, and then we might drill into the trans, which is, of course, the gist of this program covering pan issues. Yeah, um, maybe I'll start off with this. So, yeah, my name's Anastasia Kanjere, and I'm running for the position of National General Secretary of the National Tertiary Education Union. Um, and so, yeah, so we're running a, a big campaign now. I have running mates, so we have a candidate for national president, which is the lovely Fahad Ali. And then for National Assistant General Secretary, we are running Andrew Beitzel, who is a fixed-term professional worker from the University of Queensland. Um, and so just, just as an example around internal democracy in the NTEU, uh, the position of National General Secretary has been a contested election once in the history of the union's existence, and that was 20 years ago. So every other time, there has only been one person who has put their name forward for the role. And because of the internal uh, procedures of NTU, that means that the, that position doesn't actually go to a vote at all. So the person, one person puts their hand up and that person is just immediately accepted to the role without vote, without voters, without members having any intervention at all. And in fact, an, ex an extremely highly intelligent and competent member of the campaign team uh, didn't know when we started this campaign that the general secretary was in fact an elected role, um, uh, which you know, fair enough, it kind of functionally hasn't been. So, um, I guess to give a little bit of context, when I first decided to run this campaign, um, it was a lot uh, uh, prompted by an experience I had at national council last year, where I put a motion called "Seek for the candidate," and the idea of this motion was that. But for high up important roles in the union, I think I suggested from branch president and and upwards, um, that if only one person put their, their hand up for the role, that we should do something called seek for the candidate, which is basically um, putting it out to the voters so that voters did um, have to vote for the position. So that they would end up having two options. One is, yes, this one person who's put their hand up, and the other is, no, we don't feel great about um, this candidate. We'd like the union to, to keep looking. Um, and that motion, I was very proud to get um, a support for that motion by a branch president who has been uncontested in his role for many years. And he seconded the motion with me because his point was, I actually think I'm a great president. Yes, I, Anastasia, also think he's a great president. But I haven't had the chance to test that my members think that too because no one has contested the election. So I'd really love for, for people to vote for me. Um, however, that motion was unsuccessful. And what people said was, well, if people aren't happy with the people who are running for the roles, they should run for them. And I kind of thought, okay. Um, and so, and that's a, a big part of where this campaign has sort of started from. As we will talk about more, the campaign's grown very far beyond that. 
but I think it's important that that kind of context of just like, let's just have the simplest aspect of democracy, which is that if somebody is going to have a very powerful position over 30,000 members, they should have been voted for at some point, mm. one election. Uh, that's kind of a lot of the poison where we started from. Cool. I just have one question out of that, and maybe I've been a sucker on too many committees and boards in my time. Um, what sort of is the union a particular form of incorporated body? You know, I mean, I've been on the boards of incorporated associations and companies limited by guarantees, and they have rules slash constitution. Do they? Do they? Are those sort of things valid here? Um, and what? And yes, yes, absolutely. The MPU is yes, a, a registered organisation, and 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 therefore is bound by the, the uh, by by a bunch of rules that uh, govern procedures. Okay, then. Yeah, so that sounds, um, yeah, it certainly sounds very strange. And I mean, you know, if someone wants to contest a position and there's rules that say you must call for an election and you call for candidates, yada, yada, yada. Um, it was, I think, yada, yada, yada day from Seinfeld yesterday. But um, seriously, um, you know, that's, you know, there's something, you know, sort of that sounds strange um, going on there. But um, the issues of interest for this program out of the Panna show covering pan and queer, including trans issues, is there are, and I'm going to try to be fair and diplomatic, um, concerns about, um, you know, anti-trans attitudes or what trans people would call them. And it's, of course, it's up to us to define what anti-trans is under um, case law in discrimination and vilification law. Um, what um, I will give a content note for our listeners just in case probably getting up to the medium level, I would think, here, give or take. Can you describe some of the things that are going on? Because that's obviously of concern to listeners of this program. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll get um, Pan to weigh in on this in a, in a sec. But, yeah, in terms of, like, we definitely are going to talk about people who um, have a pretty active hostility to trans lives. I don't think we're going to need to use any ugly language or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah this is a, it's an upsetting discussion for sure. Um, so, I mean, there's, 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 there's a really unfortunate uh, situation where um, trans affirmation is actually kind of a live and contested issue in the, in the National Treasury Education Union um, and where we, where we do have a situation where we have had people in positions of significant power who are, who are quite actively and openly hostile to trans lives um so so in this instance i'm like not talking about somebody who's like clumsy about pronouns or doesn't mm. really properly understand what it means to be pansexual or something like that we're talking about people who wake up in the morning and think what kind of um legislative or policy changes can i fight for that are going to make trans people's lives harder um so uh, you know and i should sort of say at this point you know i'm i'm a cis straight person um, and that I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to fight against this stuff. Um, and just one of those is that um, this is like, in my view, I'm also an anti-fascist researcher. Um, and in my view, this kind of um, political element is, there's there's a strong aspect here of our mutual liberation is all bound up in this. So mm. there's an aspect here of, of like standing up for your comrades but there's also a very strong aspect here of, um, you know, and, and I, I said recently in a podcast, I was sort of clumsily trying to draw the between, particularly between trans women and cis women's 
um, you know, our shared struggle as women. And um, I sort of clumsily said, oh, like I'm a little bit tall, like as a cis woman, and that's, you know, that's a reason that I should have solidarity with trans women. And then as it turns out, um, you know, like the UK rugby has has recently mm. created laws that would actually mean that I can't play rugby in the UK. Um, so I was, I didn't quite know what I was even trying to say then. And it turns out that, yeah, I was being disturbingly prescient about the direction that this was going. Anyway, so yeah, so so we, we end up in this situation where a trade union, um, which, you know, obviously needs to fight for the safety mm. of class people, um, has this massive, this massive difficulty and conflict. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest, I think that the NTU could fight for the safety and liberation of all of its working class members a lot better, but it, there definitely, definitely is a particularly massive failure um, on the for in particular trans and gender diverse um, comrades in the union and also not in the union because we have we have lost members for this both because people haven't wanted to join and because people have actually left in in anger um, yeah 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 look lot, lots in there I mean um, worrying that people are well as you say, um, consciously and sort of proactively trying to be transphobic. That, I mean, as you say, you know, um, pronoun slips happen. Um, if I can be a little dry humoured for a second, according to the last um, bit of research I saw on the number of humans who made mistakes, it's about 8 billion out of 8 billion, and that could include on someone's pronoun. So someone corrects them, I'm Sally, I use she, her, sorry, and they get it right 100% of the time, move on, of course. Um Yep, so a huge problem. And also, it's one of these things that gets me every time. I've invented a term myself, selectively woke, you know, that people who are supposed to be about social justice do it in one way and then totally don't do it in another. Um, it just blows my mind that um, this can, this just doesn't seem obvious. Um, I do want to bring in, if they want to be brought in, um, and that's they in the collective plural, um, Jack and Pan, if you've got anything to add on these issues at this point, just to sort of flesh things out. Um, and um, if you want, either of you want to um, you know, sort of unmute and open up on this. I think that um, if, I, if I might um, uh, join in, like, what Anastasia was saying about what has been happening in the NTU and, and you know, our workplaces, which are, um, yeah, universities, makes sense in a broader context of, like, you know, um, the media and politicians, like, stoking moral panics around, mm. um, and, you know, and engaging in just, like, cultural wars around, um, yeah, trans people, um, trans inclusion, and it makes sense in that context. And a lot of this stuff was also... Um, particularly heightened around the um, Victorian government, Victorian Labor government's proposal around the um, birth certificate reforms. And um, it was really sad sad to see that there were some university workers that um, were, were, you know, lining up with the Liberal government and the, the Australian newspaper to argue against those reforms. And I think yeah, like it's it, it's in this broader so like social context around like religious discrimination bill, all these things that have made universities like particularly um, you know contested sites for for these um, for these yeah debates. Yeah, um, Jack. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say yeah. 
really agree with everything that um, Anastasia and Pan have said. And also I think that it's really important as uh, precarious workers, particularly um, a lot of the campaign that we're Mm -hmm. kind of working on together is about precarity um, in the workplace as well. Trans people in general, as well as in the university sector, have incredibly high rates of precarious work. Um, And then also, advocating for yourself as a trans person can increase that precarity can make people you know people are worried about being seen as a troublemaker being seen as too difficult to deal with and things like that and so without like really strong and robust official kind of um guidelines or um you know workplace kind of rules and regulations and and processes around active trans inclusion the broader social context of people quote unquote just asking questions when they you know are not asking questions in good faith they're doing it in order to stoke their transphobia um that leaks into the workplace and it becomes not just a social issue not just an issue of somebody's personal life it becomes like a very much a workplace issue if people don't have workplace protections from transphobic discrimination um and a lot of the um and and as Anastasia was saying as you know, like cis women having struggles bound up with trans women and with all trans people and gender diverse people, um, you know, things like uh, maternity leave, things like uh, caring leave and things like that are really um, associated with things like transition leave, being able to take time off work in order to undergo gender affirming procedures or treatment, um, being able to, you know, have that kind of support from your workplace, I think is a really good example of how gendered discrimination operates against trans and cis people simultaneously in different kind of facets. Um, and so I also did want to point out as well that, you know, the part of the reason that it's so frustrating as a rank and file NTU member to hear about this transphobia in the upper ranks of the union from people who are either not elected or who were elected Uh, without making their views on these kind of issues known and have then gone on to be publicly and vocally and actively transphobic is that the membership of the NTU, the rank and file membership, is fairly diverse and there are a lot of trans and gender non-conforming people, a lot of LGBTQ people in general within the union. Um, And so it really brings home how undemocratic uh, this is because it's not the view of the union. The union is really full of people mm. who support trans folks and who are trans folks and who are queer and who understand that, you know, there's no kind of like, no, you know, no pride or no freedom for some of us without sort of like liberation and equality and justice for all of us. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I, I suppose that's also, you know, that's really the focus of that grassroots unionism that Anastasia was talking about earlier in that, you know, the union has the ability to fight for all of its workers in all aspects of their life, not just on what's traditionally considered workplace kind of issues. So it's, I think it's super, super important to be um, advocating for workers as whole people rather than just as within the workplace. Yep, totally agree. And of course, the other thing that comes up is, you know, in terms of insecure gig, we'll say gig economy type of work was, of course, so many academics lost work during the last two years of the pandemic. 
Um, and um, that's a big issue as well. Had some comments in, yes, it is our, one of our, um, we don't have regular listeners on 3CR. We have awesome listeners. Roving Reporter has, first of all, just a humorous comment about my disclosure of conflict of interest. I don't think IBAC will be after me. Yes, it's not that huge compared to a certain politician, or allegedly. Um, you know, also acknowledges the perspective um, on um, pronouns. But then um, Roving's got a reporter for all, a couple of questions for um, any, um, any, well, as I said, I'll just read this out. I have a question for all of them, Sally. How do they think the influence of independence will influence their organisations now? How do they attract members when they will support um, other more progressive movements? And what age group does the membership attract now? Um, and I think the other thing I just wanted to acknowledge was, you know, not only are there LGBTIQA+, plus, trans and gender diverse, but of course there's lots of allies such as Anastasia and the sort of allyship that you're doing to trans here, allyship within rainbow communities is so important. But um, yeah, look, I'm a bit curious about that question in itself, but um, let's give it a shot and whoever wants to jump in and answer. Yeah, I might um, start taking this just on the issue of um, age yep. group because this is something that I have um, I have ended up pretty concerned about um, through the course of the campaign. I've mentioned before about precarious workers, and and yes, it's an it's an incredibly important issue, of course, for all workers in the sector. And yeah, and we also of course know that trans and gender diverse workers will be overrepresented precarious roles um and and definitely anecdotally that um is is very very strongly played out in in university work um i i definitely i definitely do see a concern in terms of building a kind of really a, a massive robust progressive union movement that that everyone can be a part of i definitely see that we have a bit of we have a lot of work to do in the australian um union movement uh, we do have a, a problem with, I mean, look, we have a problem with engaging all workers. Let's be be super honest. Our density levels are just appallingly low. Um, but I, it definitely is more of a concern with younger workers. They are further and further from seeing that unions are relevant in their lives. And there's a few reasons for that. The first is, um, the first is some of these progressive issues that we are talking about, you know, younger Mm. Workers are very likely to, to be particularly enraged by, um, you know, bad practices around around transphobia or queerphobia or, or racism, you know. Um, certainly not to generalise. Of course, older workers care about that stuff as well, but it is more likely that you're going to um, just, just kind of sour that relationship with workers, um, with younger workers. And then also having shifted away from an organising model. So the less times that people have just simply been asked to be a member of their union, the more of a problem that creates. And also because we know that so much unionism is is generational, you know, so often the reason that somebody is in their union, particularly in a union like the NTU, which is very weak at organising, when you ask people why, why they're members of a union, so often it's because I come from a union family. I'm always going to be a member of my union. You know, it's kind of a non, like a non-question. And I do get worried about um, how we are going to go with younger workers you know, in ten years from now, um, the less we the less we create those relationships and do those organised conversations in in today's and really honestly yesterday's generation. Well, absolutely, things are very very rapidly shifting on trans and queer issues. And whilst yes, we've seen some 
diehards during the week. Far be it from me to quote a film name, Get Shorty, um, Hello Medicare Forms. Um, you know, sort of, um, and I'll come back to that in the second half of the show. Um, you know, it just seems that there's just these shrill voices on the extreme end. I had two things that I, one thing I wanted to ask, and then um, we'll have to wrap up shortly. Um, no pun intended. Um, you know, sort of um, when you've tried to communicate with those who are making what you consider the transphobic behaviours, has there been any response? If so, what? Um, and Jack, I sorry, I noticed you've just um, wanting to to communicate in here right now. Oh, sorry. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll let you go to the the question in a second, but I just. I wanted to say in response to what Anastasia is talking about with the union organising model rather than the um, kind of service model and things, I think that one of the reasons I've I've come on board this campaign fairly recently and one of the reasons that I've done so is because I find the idea of a union that is uh, fighting for and by like rank and file average everyday members really inspiring and I think that the campaign has taken um, some cues from some from. Uh, some really amazing union efforts in the past. You know, there's a really cool history of unions in universities, not necessarily the NTEU, but in universities um, defending queer people. So, like, in the 70s, the Builders Labourers Federation put a pink ban on Macquarie University after they expelled a student for being gay. Um, And I think that that's an excellent example of fighting using union power and worker power to fight for people regardless of whether it's about a specific workplace issue or not. Um, I think it's fantastic. And the the Builders Labour's Federation history is incredible. And this campaign has taken a few cues from them, such as one of the policies, which is to peg pay rises for executives and for leadership positions, not to the highest level of the workers, but to the lowest. So only the bosses of the union or the leaders of the union will only get a pay rise if the lowest paid workers get a pay rise. Um, I think that that's one of the examples of um, really effective organising um, and, using, yeah, using union power to advocate for the whole person. Yeah, but, yeah. a fair point, and it's, I'd probably say to that, um, why don't we have our members of parliament on the same sort of, um, you know, fair work scales? Um, could be something in that, and then I'll wake up. Um, seriously, Anastasia, you wanted to add something um, in there? Or did Pan as well? Yeah, um, I might answer the question that you asked, Sally. So I guess I would start out by saying, like, just like in wider society, um, the people who hold or express views that we might say are transphobic or what people, some people might say are, like, trans-exclusionary, um, it's actually a very minority position, I would say, within, like, the NTU membership. I think overwhelmingly people are supportive of trans um, liberation mm. or um, things like have been voting for things in favour of things like gender affirmation leave um, and uh, so um, last year at the NTU um, we have like a meeting every year and it's the highest kind of decision-making um, forum and it's called National Council and last year um, we have so in the NTU we have a queer unionist kind of network um, and I think what happened transpired last year demonstrates that um, actually we need to focus on the union leadership and union officials because um, last year we the the kind of um, obstruction towards achieving kind of trans inclusive um, policy or um, emotions and things like that was actually it was intercepted not by but by our leadership and so I think overwhelmingly like 
most workers, um, when you explain it to them, they see the connections and mm. see that um, trans rights are in the workplace are things unions should be fighting for, like strong fighting unions um, can win in that space. Um, so I think, um, yeah, from what happened last year, I think we had about 100 um, members um, come to a meeting after National Council and create a, an emergency motion of things that, um, as queer workers, we want our union to stand by. Um, I think, yeah, overwhelmingly there is there is a lot of support and we need to, yeah, build at that rank and file level of just everyday workers, um, build support and push our union in that direction. Yeah. Had two comments come in from listeners. Um, Roving Reporter um, has come in and said, and I'm just going to put these in front of you um, as, um, quote, in my circle of friends who are under 30, no one is involved in the union movement. They're involved in queer university groups or other progressive movements, Sally. And one of our other awesome listeners, Kayleen, has said, Insecurity can also affect senior level trans workers, e.g. accept too much work for fear of being sacked or having work cut back. And Kayleen left her union because of their ineptness over LGBTIQA plus issues. And a recent contact about joining unions generally was also clueless. So, yeah, it seems there's some communication gaps going on about other things. But, um, um, you know, why we suppose why we need the messaging, why we're having this conversation now um, but um, I'll get you to respond to that and then also uh, mention that you have a campaign launch event um, on next Saturday and then we'd better leave it there. Um, yeah, so just really quickly, I'll just quickly take the kind of um, the, the, the first comments and then, yeah, Jack can talk about the launch. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for change in, in leadership in the, in the NTU and some of them are these like really big picture political issues. How do we how do we build um, really strong solidarity between trans and cis and non-binary workers and, you know, so that we can um, have a progressive liberatory vision for all. And then there's also um, also very important issues like fixing the website and making sure that um, staff are competent and that, you know, that we just do unionism, we just do the basic processes of unionism really well. So, um, there's a lot of things and, and holding ourselves to really high standards as unionists, I think is super important. It's something that Pahad and Andrew and I really are committed to as candidates to, to considering like we understand that we're standing for really, um, well, high, not not as highly paid anymore because we've mm. pledged to have the salaries, but highly, you know, highly influential positions and that that means asking ourselves every single day, can we do better? Um, so, yeah, I love those points. But um, much more excitingly, let's talk about the um, campaign launch, which um, Jack is the lead brain on and can tell us about. Go for it, Jack. Great. Yeah, so um, it's super exciting that this campaign is kicking off um, and we are holding a campaign launch event this coming Saturday. Uh, it's at the Thornbury Bowls Club uh, in Narm. Uh, it is starting at 7 p.m. Doors open at 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to have performances from some local musicians, uh, you know, several of whom have come on board pretty specifically because they're queer and trans people and they are members of other unions um, and, you know, they want to support our LGBTQ positive policies um, and things. So we have performances from um, Milo Sullivan, who is uh, a singer from the band Pauper Spit. Uh, we have a band called Face Face and another band called Zigzag. They're all local um, queer and trans musicians. 
um, who are going to be playing, uh, as well as some fun DJs. We have, um, a, we're going to have a raffle. We've got prizes donated from um, local artist Ashley Ronning, uh, from music label Psychic Hysteria, um, a garden uh, consultation uh, and uh, session from Feed You Farms, which is like a local food justice uh, project, which is really exciting, as well as a whole bunch of other exciting events. Um, you know, the Thornbury Bowls Club is fully wheelchair accessible and accessible to other kinds of mm-hmm. mobility devices. Um, we will also be endeavouring, look, there's no such thing as full COVID safety at the moment. Um, it's obviously, it mm. is a risk that people decide to take, whether to go out um, and, you know, be around other people at this time. Um, but we're going to endeavour to make it as uh, close to COVID safe as possible. So really encouraging the use of N95 masks. We'll have some available on the door for people. Um, we are if anybody knows where we can get a HEPA air purifier, please get in contact with us on at a new NTEU on social media. Um, really looking to do that. The Bowls Club is well ventilated. We'll have outdoor areas um, and uh, live captioning um, for deaf and hard of hearing participants as well. Um, so trying to make it as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. And the event will also be live streamed, which you'll be able to find out on our social media for people who um, are not able to or not comfortable taking the kind of COVID risks or who aren't able to come to the event in general. Um, it's going to be really exciting and would really encourage people who are NTEU members, who are potential NTEU members who work at universities but aren't union members as well, um, as well as members of any union or people who are just interested in the cause, interested in seeing some cool live music and meeting some cool progressive um, and passionate unionists and talking about how we can build strong, fighting, rank-and-file, organising-based unions in the NTEU and also a stronger and more active and more grassroots-based union movement as a whole. So it would be really awesome if people are involved or interested in their own unions that are different industries, um, want to get along and talk about how we can kind of generate momentum and build power from the bottom up rather than from the top down, which is really the whole point of this campaign. So, yeah, that's 7 p.m. this coming Saturday, the 30th of July at the Thornbury Bowls Club. Um uh, tickets are available. You can find them on our socials. It's a no one turned away for a lack of funds event. So um, if you are waged and able to afford it, there is a fee. You can nominate your own um, ticket price or you can register um, to attend for free. Uh, it's going to be really fantastic. And I'm super, super excited to launch the campaign and introduce people to our amazing candidates. Cool. Thornbury Bowls Club at 27 Ballantyne Street. Um, which does appear to be pretty near public transport, if I'm looking at the little map right. Um, which that is, is correct. Which is um, pretty helpful. Um, you can book through the Eventbrite link. I'll pop the Facebook um, event link into the podcast for today. Um, and Pan's got a quick, dare I say, question or comment or query. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, just really quickly as well, if people are list- like listeners want to know about a new NTU's policies on the kind of topics that we talked about today, you can visit the website, which is anewntu.com. And yeah, we've got a lot of summaries about the positions that we talked about. Too awesome. All right, going to have to leave it there. Um, thank you all so much for your time on a Sunday. Really appreciate it. Um, and let's, you know, just keep striving to... Um, stop um, transphobia and better still value diversity and social justice in all its forms. 
Um, thanks very much. I'll just um, get the Pacific X, um, um, which I can't quite do that just yet. Um, so I'll just um, have a quick track and then we'll go to Pacific X. Um, you're on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell did slowly go by. Them on your dreams The one they picked The one you'll know by Don't you ever ask them why If they told you you would cry So just look at them and sigh And know they Your elders grew by, and so please help them with your needs. They seek the truth before they can die. Teach your parents well, their children's hell will slowly go by. Them on your dreams The one they picked The one you'll know by Don't you ever ask them why If they told you you would cry So just look at them and sigh And know they Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot org dot AU three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. We just heard from Crosby, Stills and Nash from a greatest hits compilation, and that was certainly one of them. Teach your children, and well, um, it's best when you can um, do any job, including teaching of any people of any age and any generation when you can bring your whole self to work. And it seems like that's what the um, a new NTU campaign is aiming to do. And just to recap the opening track way back at the start of the show was Don't Start Me Talking. Well, if you start me talking about um, trans issues, I don't stop or buy issues for that matter. 
But some other people need to talk, and um, that's certainly the crew from Pacific X. Let's have a listen to their latest episode, um, which goes um, right to the heart of diversity in our communities and um, the joys of technology. Let's um, hit that button and hear from Pacific X. Talo falava, maalo elelei, kiorana, fakalo falahiatu, kiora, nisa bulevinaka, aloha, womenjaka, and hello. We are PX Fano, a Pacifica LGBTIQ podcast created during the COVID 19 pandemic as a voice for our community, informing and promoting good health and keeping our rainbow Fano safe from COVID. This is presented by the Pacific X Collective and produced on Wurundjeri land in the studios of 3CR in Nam, Melbourne. My name is Latoya Hurd and I'm a very proud Samoan Fafafine or trans woman of experience. My pronouns are she, her. And today we have on the show the lovely Kiki Temple, a very proud Takatapui from the Fenuas of Aotearoa. Before we start, can I just get you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a Takatapui. I do identify my pronouns, sorry, are she, they. I have been living in Melbourne for the last seven years. I am a performer, a playwright, uh, and an actress. Currently coming off our season um, with Antibody's Theatre Company playing Hecuba in their play, And She Would Stand Like This. I am a playwright. I have started writing and developing my play called The Temple, which deals with my transition as a trans femme, um, Takatapui, uh, and my relationship with God during that transition. So. Hopefully we will have that ready for Midsummer Festival 23. Uh, other than that, I'm just your round, you know, girl next door. Um, a fabulousness, brown sugar, caramel skin, lovely, lovely honey. So that, that's me. We're going to get straight into it. How has it been for you since we have come out of COVID lockdown for the past two years? Uh, since coming out, it's been, it's been an adjustment. Um, being in lockdown, having, having had to spend a lot of time by myself, um, coming back out. It's been a real adjustment in terms of moving away from a mentality that everything is dangerous. You know, like being being careful of touching things has been a good habit. It's a good habit because I haven't had the flu for the last two years. But um, just having that sense of fear and adjusting to, to coming out of um, your safety net inside mm-hmm. your house, your little nest, and then getting back into the world where everything seems dangerous has been has been a real adjustment. But it's been fine. Um, knowing that everyone, I think everyone else is on the same boat. So that's what's given me kind of hope and stability, really. Out in the big bad world, I think people want to forget about COVID, but I don't I don't necessarily think they have truly forgotten. I just believe that people are just like, oh, um, what would you call it? There's fatigue yes. around the whole idea. Yes. I, I think even our discussion beforehand, before this interview, was just like, so tired and and we're all at a good place where we know how to manage it now we know what's we know when to wear a mask we know when to social distance we know to wash our hands to, mm-hmm. not to spread things around and we know we know to look after those who are more vulnerable than us so i think we're in a good place 
Did you have any struggles adjusting after the lockdown or even during the lockdown? Oh, girl, I had so many struggles. Um, just being being alone was one of the biggest things. And because I'm such a showboat, I'm so beautiful and so fantastic. If I just I found I did find adjusting to not having that attention. Um, if I was to be completely honest. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I've moved away from that now. Um, but I did find it very, very hard to not have anyone there to pump me up. I had to do it myself. I had to build myself up. We're completely different. And I think it's happened at different stages in, in, in uh, humanity's history. Is like We've had to adjust and, and rearrange and, and make things more relevant and safe to the time that we're in. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And you know Mama's going to have you back on. Thank yeah. you very much for having me. You've been listening to PX Farno with the Pacific X Collective, speaking about keeping COVID safe and what that means to the Pacifica LGBTIQA plus community. For more of the latest information about COVID, go to www.health.gov.au. Listen and download our episodes from 3cr.org.au forward slash And to find out more about who we are, go to pacificx.com. PX Fano would like to thank the Victorian Government Multicultural Communications Outreach Program for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Our theme music is performed and produced by Bina. Catch us again next week on Out of the Pan on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Community Radio. Eight five five. I am. Three CR eight five five AM. Three CR Digital. Three CR dot org dot au. Three CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally. Uh, first broadcasting noon through one um, Eastern Standard Time on this continent of Australia um, um, every Sunday. Well, um, packed program today. There's lots to talk about, but what are you supposed to do? Well, one thing I'm going to be doing this afternoon, and if you are have some time free this afternoon, if you are listening live or very quickly there afterwards to On Demand or when the podcast goes up, um, Sunday or Monday, please get down to the hair hole in Johnson Street um, because the hair hole is having an incredible and impromptu everything in the kitchen sink sale um, at four, um, 63 Johnson Street, but it's a pretty um, troubling reason why um, they're facing challenging circumstances um, that threaten the closure of the store and they need um, our help. So it'll help pay the rent and outstanding debts to staff and artists and keep the space open. Now, you can do this on Sunday the 24th, which is today as we go live to air, 10 a.m., well, that's underway, to 10 p.m. So, um, you know, if you're out and about in the sort of area, or even if you're not, make a trip out of your way to go there, 10 p.m., and then um, Monday noon until close. And the statement from Crusader Hillis, Hairhole has been tracking better each month, but the operation runs on such a low contingency that our rent fell behind in the past two weeks. The real estate agent, as is its right, decided to call us, call us on the amount and took a court action to induce immediate payment. That still gave us 14 days but flew and accompanying 
issues saw me in hospital, that's me, Crusader, over the weekend. We have but a few days to find the money, but have pay, started an instantaneous longest weekend of sales and programming. Um, so you can leave some hair hole quotes with the staff. Um, pretty much everything um, going, whether it's CDs, um, books, furniture, virtually everything on the go there, which is pretty amazing. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I'm sort of having to, um, having a, we'll say, a um, um, a bit of a neuroprocessing juggle the devices day to day um, um, to keep on track of all the social media. Um, and um, coming up, of course, next on 3CR is, uh, if we can find the message, Freedom of Species, and they are going to be talking to a bat carer from Micro Bats of Melbourne. No, we're not talking small things for small small people to play cricket, not that sort of micro bat. Bat carer Erica from Micro Bats of Melbourne to tell us about the micro bats we share much of our worlds with. Um, um, you'll come, you'll come, in, come into bats? No, come around to bats. That's directly following this program. Uh, the other bit of news this week, and it's always one of those rare um, moments where I can slot in two of my intersecting passions, um, and um, that is the world of professional wrestling. And no, I'm not going to talk about Melbourne City Wrestling last night, in particular the Falls Count Anywhere match, which saw a wrestler standing on a chair one metre from me in the crowd. Well done to MCW event staff for keeping everything under control. And checking in on the lady whose chair collapsed, um, but she's fine. Oh, well, I presume, lady, I shouldn't say that. Um, I, um, anyway, what I wanted to talk about this week very quickly in the remaining time is, well, you know, um, issues of gender um, are very and sex and things are very big on this show, including um, misogynism. And as a fan of the um, world, weird world that is... Uh, wrestling as long-suffering. I mean, long, loyal listeners of this show will know um, there's been issues in the last couple of months with World Wrestling Entertainment, and in particular, it's now ex-CEO Vince McMahon over um, stories of hush money paid for sexual harassment. Now, this is a guy who managed to somehow survive a steroid scandal in the 90s, all sorts of other things, probably hasn't had a lot of competition he bought out in the 70s and 80s in America, um, wrestling was very territorial. A few states um, had a federation. He, well, effectively put them out of business by taking their TV time. Very ruthless dude. And then there's been no competition in the North American market uh, by large um, with respect to Ring of Honor and other promotions. Since about 2001, he's effectively had a monopoly. Um, but in the last few years, for what it's worth, all elite wrestling has turned up. But what has brought him down in the end, and I have to admit I'm surprised he's the sort of guy you'd think would slip, try and wriggle his way out of it. But at 77, he put out a tweet around 36 hours ago saying it's time for him to retire. So, no, we don't expect, I long ago learnt that toxic masculinity males generally can't say sorry and mean it. Although I've got a story of the next week on that or a future program on that, which Happily blew, happily blew my mind this week in a nice way. Um, and so things are changing. And I, I mean, this is a huge thing. I mean, this is a guy who's very, very powerful. There's a story of him, his a wife from whom he's at least now separated and his two children in standing in the Oval Office with former US President Donald Trump. Amusingly, the caption underneath is, says, says that Stone Cold Steve Austin, who allegedly my Twitter handle might be named after, has um, given a stone-cold stunner to all five people. 
Um, seriously, this is how powerful this guy is, and he's fallen. There is enough pressure, and I think that when we have things, and I didn't get a lot of time to discuss it roaming, and that's Bill Shorten's, um, well, pretty weak back down because the Daily Telegraph ran a story. Oh, never mind what trans people have to go through when we have these stories all the time, Bill. Um, and, um, you know, um, back down on Medicare forms. And it's so easy. You just have on any form for virtually anything, whatever options you need, and then something like please specify and a blank space. And then if someone doesn't like mother or birthing parent, you can put in whatever you want. It's very easy to do it win-win. I mean, this is... Queer ed- Inclusivity Education 101. And I've got to say it, I'm, I was asked to comment in an article on The Guardian on this, and I said that we've heard nothing from the ALP um, on LGBTIQA plus issues since the election. And that's really con- disconcerting, thanks to Rachel Withers from The Monthly, who picked up on that um, as part of Schwartz Media. So we've got some work to do now. Without being self-indulgent, the only time Labor's spoken about LGBTIQA plus issues that I know of since the election is when Jed County came on this show. So this is why we need community media to get to the grassroots and then hopefully connect the grassroots to those in power, which links very much to why we had the new NTEU campaign on today. I am running rapidly out of time. Um, as Paul Kelly said, don't start me talking because um, I won't stop, but I've got to stop and make way for freedom of species and the microbats. Take it out today, given that he's back into um, WWE management with the Triple H theme. Um, rest in peace, Lemmy from Motorhead. Time to play the game. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the game, and how you play it, all about control. And if you can take it, all about your death. And if you can play it, it's all about pain. And who's gonna make it? I am the game, you don't wanna play me I am control, no way you can shake me I am heavy debt, no way you can pay me I am the pain, and I know you can't take me Look over your shoulder, ready to run Like a Cleveland bitch from a smoking gun I am the game, and I may do So move on out, you can die like a fool Try to figure out what my mood's gonna be Come on over, son, or why don't you ask me? Don't you forget there's a price you can pay Cause I am the game and I want to play